0: again we welcome everybody those who are joining for the first time those who are joining now uh, uh, to our power Hour, Faith baptist church and faith baptist church international ministries uh, this is power hour it's always very pleasing to us and we pray that god is pleased when we look at the stats, and we see people from all different parts of the world joining us, and uh people from Tennessee, and taking a quick glance now, Ohio, California, and, you know, Maine, and Delaware, Maryland, and so forth and so on, uh, Mexico, and different parts of Europe, and Asia, and the Far East and the Pacific Islands. um, People are hungry to hear the Word of God, and we thank God for that. On this afternoon, on January the 23rd, uh, I wanted to share with you a few thoughts Coming from the scripture of Acts 4 and 13. Acts 4 and 13. You know, in all groups, in all professions, um, there are, you know, have their own jargons, they have their own way of speaking, and they develop it uh, for obvious reasons. People work together, they do things together. They share things and so they develop vocabulary and expressions, uh, that, um, that are somewhat, you know, related to them. They're one of the things that, uh, ministers and preachers and pastors would say, uh, you know, uh, uh, on a Sunday afternoon, sometimes you don't want to serve a heavy meal, and uh, you know people you know, people are kind of tired from uh, sometimes a long day, especially <laughs> in some of our churches who had long services, and for churches who would serve when they had fellowship, would serve dinner first, and so there's always talk among the brethren about uh not serving too heavy a meal well regardless we we go by how god lead us and we try to do the very best we can and make sure that that there's that that, that people are able to feed on the word of god so acts 4 and 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were astonished and recognized them that they had been with Jesus. And because As if I just read a little bit of 14. And because they saw the man who had been healed standing there with them, they had nothing to say in return. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John. And understood that they were uneducated and untrained men. There is something that is hard for us to skirt around, even as religious people and religious leaders, because it profoundly affect our children, our schools, parenting, and just people as a whole. The 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 argument, the bickering, the shouting, the dissension, and the emotional turmoil that has been coming out of this of it is just difficult to ignore. And one always one would always like to be the peacemaker and don't be an inflamer but at the same time people are mightily affected and so some sort of understanding should come out of it hopefully and prayerfully and we as christians we do pray together and this is about the critical race theory, the critical race theory. And, and of course, you know, people have different parts and bits and segment of it and they argue from that point and perhaps very few people have a good angle on it and have a good understanding of it because it really came out of academia. And it's not new, it's been around for quite some time. But as they try to bring it now into the, uh, public school and so forth, uh, just the name, critical race theory, present a problem. Uh, in fact, um, I have said from time to time to myself, Wow, I wish they had come up with something more perhaps appropriate to uh to the public school uh level and trying to teach history, uh looking at it from the way um from a whole some way, from a complete way instead of just parts and bits of it all coming out of legends and misunderstanding and that's what the word critical means yeah, it, it means taking everything into consideration in the history of a subject and a critical race theory just it's about looking at that from a historical uh point of view of, of the, all the factors that are sometimes ignored as we study the history of particularly um what were what minorities, as we would call them, uh, black and brown people and so forth, uh, indigenous people, Native Americans in particular and so forth. Because their story sometimes is lost, hidden and unfortunately forgotten. So we put all that together and we get a better understanding of history. particularly in those days when they didn't have the kind of recording and and the way of recording history as we do today. And even today, with our advancement in writing, technical things, we still get history sometimes uh, wrong. Uh, So it's it's a work always in progress. I say this because the Bible has been subject to almost the same, well I wouldn't say, uh, the same type of of argument and dissension uh, that have come about several centuries ago when the academia, the academic people, the scholars started to look at the Bible in a more, what they call, what we call critical historical hermeneutics exegistical mm-hmm. basis I know it's you see oh, oh that's why I say it's a Sunday afternoon when I look at the Bible in a full context linguistically uh, people spoke uh, and stuff like that and um, and they try to get a better understanding of it many people after a while got very resentful uh, for instance, the scripture that we are studying this afternoon says, uneducated and untrained man. And people get very upset if, 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 you know, when they look at the Greek and they look at the time in which this was, uh, said and what was happening, that uneducated and untrained doesn't necessarily say, wasn't saying, what it was saying in those times to the way we would understand it today if we don't really look in further to it. And so people, I've heard this when I was growing up, um, uh, people preach about it, taught about it. All oh, the disciples were, they were crude people, they, were, they weren't learned and so forth. And so uh, it's, but when you look at it from a a critical historical perspective, it's not saying it's not that it's not saying that, but it it means so much more. Uh, And so, and people say, well, you're changing the Bible. Lots of arguments and dissension, and people were. Burned to death because, oh, all kinds of, if you read Christian history, some of you have taken uh, church history, you, you can see a lot of stuff <laughs> still happened to people because of, you know, of, of the trying to get a fuller understanding of the Bible. Um, and every now and then we have groups of people that come up and burn books that think that learning is bad. And stuff like that. But to get more specifically, what I want to get at today is that Peter and John, let me just point it out right now, were not uneducated in the sense that they can read and write or didn't really understand what was going on. In fact, in looking at the occupation and some other factors of the original 12 disciples, we would discover and have to agree that, uh, that they, that, that, that they, that they had good schooling. Uh, they had some rabbinical, rabbinical, um, understanding and that may have been purposeful from by the fact that Jesus chose them. Uh, the incident that's going on now happened to be in a specific context, something particularly was going on. Why they why the scriptures use the term, which is correct, of course, the scripture is correct, uneducated and untrained. I want to say that is I've not to encourage folk. I want to say that because too often the lay people of the church when been excluded, I think unfairly and to a great extent, from the richness of God's word. People are put down or not being not paid attention to because they didn't go to seminary and this and that and the other. And that's why it's such a joy to have in our church, I can speak about this, uh, Faith Baptist Church, wonderful Bible classes and the Sunday school, for instance, where lay people are able to share, to learn, and to teach. And, uh, I, I, I learn a lot in Sunday school. I, I kind of, frown a little bit on trained uh, people in theology and the Bible that don't go to Sunday school because there seem to be a history of uh, of that not being a good thing that if you mix with the people who don't have titles, you know or don't have theological training, you're kind of putting yourself down. I don't know no one ever told me that, but I just wondered, I, I you know, and some things that, you know, have come up here and there. I don't care. I, 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 I gladly sit down. And uh, I'm uh, of course, are uh, many, 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 many other people like me, but some people, no, they, they, you know, these are the people that you have to teach, and these are the people that you have to preach to. So maybe you should mix with them. Um, You, they should be learning from you, that you're learning from them or with them. I want to share quickly just about three things here. One is that we can never underestimate the power of God. From time to time, I have spoken about prodigies. Prodigies are used. The young people are capable of doing all kind of fantastic things uh, in math and science, uh, playing chess, playing music at very very young ages, and nobody really can fully uh, explain that. Uh, Sometimes uh, they have uh, some challenges. And in spite of that, they're able to to um, to to do these wonderful things. I I, I sent to the co-past just recently about a family uh, from the West Indies, no, from Africa, Nigeria, uh, living in London, and the entire family. They uh they they uh they're just remarkable and their academics and what they're able to achieve at very very young age. Uh, they are uh, graduating from the prestigious uh, universities in, in England at very early age when they should be in, in in secondary school and they're doing fantastic, this entire family. It was just a gift and it's more than a gift. It, that we just don't understand enough about human beings and 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 the capacity to learn and so forth and uh and that's what it is so we think it's astonishing but it's really not all that astonishing uh you know they are just reading about a six-year-old kid that was performing musically at Carnegie Hall and you know stuff like you know it happens it happens
1: But it's just a
0: human thing to kind of not accept this kind of thing among human beings, among people. We think, well, how did they learn this? How did they know this? I remember telling a story many, many years ago, and I've never repeated it since. I told a story when I started fifth grade, I just started fifth grade, and the teacher was um, was teaching about the divine rights of kings. Uh, the divine rights of kings in, 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 in Europe, in Spain specifically she was talking about Charles V and I innocently kind of answered the question by kind of elaborating on what she perceived to be what she was teaching and I just kind of said well you know there's something to the effect that there was a close relationship to the divine rights of king and the usurping of the power of the church that went beyond religious uh, reason. There was, you know, kind of more what we would call today politics. And the teacher said in front of the whole class, addressed me, and she said, she used the word in in in, in our language. She said, "Idiota." And even that is part of what I want to share with you today. That sounds like idiot. In well, it is idiot, but it sounds like idiot to us in English. But the word idiot, this, sometimes the way it's used in Romance languages and so forth, is not literally how we understand it in 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 English. It it, it doesn't mean that you're mentally whatever off necessarily. It means that you're getting into areas that you were not trained in. It's idiotic. Maybe that relates a little bit more to it. The reason why I'm bringing this up because interested in the Greek, uneducated, uh, idiotes, idiotes. That's where the word came from. So they they were really saying to Peter and John you are in areas that you are not trained in. You are expressing opinions and teaching and preaching about things that you have not been trained in. Well Peter and John were not prodigies in the sense like you know we what I was talking about just a while ago. Interestingly enough, the person that I was telling this to, or a group of people that I was explaining this to, trying to get to a point in a class that I was teaching, often happened, this happened in society. And this was happening to the Council in the Sanhedrin, which Peter and John were 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 facing a very very nice young lady in fact uh, uh somebody who i think kind of admired my teaching a great lot uh, said said um uh, said something like uh reverend adams really so i never said anything more as, But I've known this. I've known this that sometimes people really find it hard to believe that somebody who may not necessarily, uh, in this case, a young boy like myself, uh, had in a business understanding these kind of things or saying these kind of things. But it, but it was so. And this is what was confronting this Jewish legal body. Uh, equivalent more or less to what we will call our Supreme Court today. Can you imagine people going before the Supreme Court to argue their case? Never been to law school. Don't have a law degree. Never argue a case in anybody's court. But yet they boldly stood before the learned man of the Sanhedrin. And they were, as the scripture says astonished. And said, so, well, they were do with this street preacher when and where did they go to seminary so they're not calling or accusing them of being uneducated untrained or ignorant in terms that they couldn't write or read they're saying they where would they have gotten that kind of training not from an itinerant preacher who himself was not seminary trained and they did not recognize or accept Jesus. And the Sanhedrin was merely made up of, of, of Sadducees, very scholarly group of people and well-trained theologically and otherwise in the Jewish law and religious practices. And that's what they were. That's what they, they didn't accept. Jesus. One of the main things that upset them very much, the Sanhedrin, was the fact that Jesus and definitely the disciples of Jesus talked about the resurrection of life, and that group adamantly, adamantly rejected. Uh, the resurrection. Let me close with this and try to wrap this all up. Let me go back briefly to why context, context of time and place, hermeneutics as we call it, is very important go back to the critical race theory which we need to pray a lot about that the country is not torn apart by this (laughs) but if if you if you when I was young we went to Tars to see the movies like let's say Tars and movies many people might get the impression or did get the impression that you know the people of Africa, the indigenous people of Africa were cannibals, they ate people, you know, you hear the tom-tom drum beating and big black kettle boiling and they uh, catch the, you know, Caucasian people and put them in they're the boy, you know, uh, uh, cannibalism historically have never been practiced in Africa. Uh, in fact, in a very restricted part of the Pacific Islands, um, cannibalism was practiced, definitely not in, in Africa. And one would get the impression that all these people, all, for instance, the slaves that came from West Africa were all uneducated people. There were scholars who came here. Um, Christian scholars, trained by missionary and others. Uh, definitely um Arabic scholars, people who spoke many different languages in recent years have emphasized, that some of these people were people from royal family they just captured people and brought them, they weren't so historical critical perspective, let us look at the reality of the history and don't lump everything together and the same thing happened here with the Sanhedrin, and they missed the old point of the power of God through Jesus Christ because of their restricted way of looking at their own historical context. This never happened this way because they didn't understand what was happening with the prophets, what was happening with the judge, they didn't understand from the very beginning what God was really telling to them, telling them in context and in place. When Peter and John entered through the gate, beautiful, and that beggar outcast, someone who was brought there every day to beg for alms, said uh, when. they they begged them for arms and they said, "Well, we don't have the money to give you, per se, what we have. What we have, this power that we have, we're going to share with, with you. In the name of Jesus, get up and be crippled no more. And that man got up, not only got up, he got up praising God and there was dancing, all over the place, and just the fact not only was a man healed but he was worshipping God completely blew their minds and Then Peter spoke eloquently, and he spoke in such a way that they couldn't believe where could this uh, the same what could this come from with the same power that heal a man is what was given to Peter to speak to the people without having gone to seminary and learn how to speak in that fashion eloquently and so forth and so on with with, with rhetorical refinement. It's interesting because Paul who was trained in this rabbinical way of discourse, you know, midrash and all these other things. When he went to preach to the Greek-speaking people and the Roman-speaking, the Latin-speaking people, they also thought that he was kind of ignorant because uh, um, Paul didn't speak in the way in which the Greek philosophers were trained if you look at what was happening in Mars Hill later on in the Acts of the Apostle so here's the thing we need to understand it's the same power that Peter and John had to heal this man who was crippled, who got up, and his ankle received strength, and his knees received strength, and his thigh received strength. And he jumped up, leaped up, the, the Bible says, and he was praising God and holding on to them, and the people in the temple saw that, and the Sanhedrin people saw that, and they brought them before the Sanhedrin, because they did the unthinkable thing, they shared the power of God with a crippled person. Later on, they'll even say that they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what judgment to, to make. They say, well, we're in a quandary. If, if, they, if they say that this is not real, how, would, how can we explain what happened to that man? And, and they specifically said and he was over the age of 40. <laughs> oh so interesting that's why historical context criticism is so important that's not just a casual phrase there if you read further on in the account of the fourth chapter of Acts it's not just simply given the man's age there was certain things involved. First of all, traditionally and historically, it was believed that you could really never ever be a true scholar until over the age of 40. So you see, that's why this young kid saying that in the class about you know, divine rights of king you're too young. You haven't lived long enough. But there are prodigies all over the place. Why do we keep confining ourselves and restricting the power of God in this way? Next thing about age 40 is that, uh, theoretically, He's now an elderly man. In those days, you didn't live much beyond that. So how is this possible? Well, with God, all things are possible. And when God says all things, he means all things. So as I close, I'd like to just share with you and encourage you to know and never feel that you're less than, if that you're that way, or encourage others that they're not less than. God can give people what they need, regardless of how uh, high or how out of the reach it might be for them. And it has nothing to do with our understanding of learning and our understanding of dissimulation. It simply has to do with the power of God. Now you think someone would have concluded if these men could heal this man and it's not fake, then they are, then they, knowing all this stuff, knowing how all, all to argue before this, and even the Supreme Court of that time is really no big deal. Yeah, not in the final analysis, the idiotish In the final analysis, they're not the uneducated and the untrained. In the final analysis, It was a learned people of the Sanhedrin who were not educated and trained by Jesus to know the power of God and what it can do. Amen. Amen. We thank you. We thank everyone for tuning in this afternoon. God be praised.